What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. Uh, we have, you know, the last several, I guess the last few months, like, like the beginning of every podcast, we talk about like what the latest thing is either on impeachment or before it became impeachment, this Ukraine story. Now we're sort of moving back into the Democratic primary election as a key thing. We have a debate tonight. We're recording this episode uh, about a little after noon on Tuesday, January the 14th. We have the debate tonight. We have the Iowa caucuses in, I guess, a little, what, little less than a month? When yeah, three weeks or three so. Three weeks okay. on the second or third of February. Right, and we've had a we've had a sort of a, a spate of dropouts. Uh, Cory Booker dropped out right. yesterday. Um, you have sort of kind of comic relief dropouts, like Marianne, was Marianne Williamson? That's <laughs> yes, okay. that's right. Uh, dropped out like a, a few days ago. That's I mean, right. It's sort of like, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's funny. And Castro before that was right. the, Castro, was sort of, another real. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously neither Castro or Booker ever really gained traction mm-hmm. um, in a polling sense, but they were, you know, uh, people who uh, a lot was expected of. I think definitely people who most people rightly think have have important political futures, and in Castro's case. Even though he didn't get any traction uh, electorally in a po- in polling terms, in polling terms, he definitely moved the ball on immigration policy mm-hmm. issues. Um, and I think I mean, a lot of and I think a lot of people expect maybe he will be a vice presidential pick, right? Yeah, I mean, he's cer- definitely in the mix in that. Certainly, you know, one of several people who kind of like, if you're looking to do X or Y, like, okay, that's a that's a logical thing. Um, it it it. There's a whole, you know, we're going to get into a lot in this episode, but there's it's it's very interesting that the it used to be you have to go back now, um, uh, you know, thirty forty years when either geographical balancing or ideological balancing was the primary thing for vice president. I mean, geographical balancing hasn't really been a thing in a long time. Uh, or but certainly ideological balancing is. Now in the in the democratic uh, race since, you know, maybe it'll be Elizabeth Warren. I think that's unlikely at this point, certainly possible. But certainly if the nominee is Joe Biden or uh, Bernie Sanders, it's not going to be another white guy. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely. I think. I think everybody agrees that is not going to happen. Yep. Um, and there's this very interesting debate: um, is it enough if it's a female vice presidential candidate, or is it enough if it's a a man of color, right? Or or you know, kind of. It, it is a funny thing because uh, you know just. And, and then you fi- and then you figure in the ideological layer, which obviously would be very different depending on on if it were those uh, those two men. 
Um, it's interesting. I, I just on a lark, I did a, um, I did a Twitter poll <laughs> yesterday. I saw that got a lot of responses. Yeah, it? it was insane. It was, <laughs> it, it was. I, I mean, I think it's up to like forty thousand responses wow. now, or something like that. Um, and it's, it's humble it, brag there. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but w- what was striking to me, and it's, it's, it's obviously totally unscientific. But people who follow me on Twitter is a cross section of sort of people who are very, you know, kind of political activists plugged in kind of digital kind of people. And uh, so the the I the question was, if Joe Biden is the nominee, who is his who's his vice president? You know, who should it be? Not who will it be, but who should it be? And the options I gave were Booker, Harris, uh, wait, Booker, Harris, Warren, and Castro. And what I was struck by is from the very beginning, it was Harris. Like Harris, like 60% of people said Harris, and that never changed. Um, what that mean? I was sort of, I was, it sort of struck me that that was far and away. I mean, I think, I think Warren was the next in like 21%, something like that. But again, it, it to most people, it seems to be a very obvious thing. Yeah, that is interesting. Obviously, an African American woman. I don't think it's, I, I don't think that is only that. Um, she's a very, She's a very dynamic person. I, I don't know quite how else to put that. She has a lot of energy behind her. Um, in some ways, it didn't it didn't quite click for her as a as a uh, top of the ticket candidate. But um, certainly, like she's younger than Biden by quite a few years. That certainly it's not, helps. It's not kind hard. Of like, yeah, <laughs> it's, well, it's true. It's not hard. Also, the the whole thing of how she wasn't you know, never caught fire at the top of the ticket is in no small part because people thought there's no way that a black woman will win. And so it's kind of a way, I think, of putting her at the bottom of the ticket of preserving what everyone liked about her. And I get the sense that she was widely well-liked. I think she was, But the problem people had was, oh, well, there's no way she could beat Trump. So it's kind of... like There's there's that anecdotal stuff in almost all of these candidate stories, especially the ones who have dropped out recently, the Bookers, the Castros, where people were like... Oh, I like him personally, mm-hmm. but the electability. he can't win. The right. electability thing, which right. obviously is such a cross-section of, you know, who, what most of our presidents have looked like so far, right. Almost, right. all but one, you right. know? Right, so. right, right. All right, well, before we get too deep into this, let's... um. <laughs> Let's let's pay our respects to Grady's Cold Brew real quick. And okay. Then... Well, I, I am sitting here drinking uh, Grady's Cold Brew. We actually had, we were talking before we started recording because it looked like we might have a Grady's crisis in this <laughs> office where we thought we might actually run out of Grady's, but apparently we just got a new supply. So everything, everything is... All is right in the world. Exhale. Everything is, yeah, everything is fine <laughs> on that front. Uh, do you love to save a buck by skipping the coffee shop? Of course, you know, of course you do. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Are you a brew-it-yourselfer? I keep... This is this this version of the Grady's <laughs> of the Grady's copy, the brew it yourself or like I love Grady's, but the, it's too it's cute like, by half. Yeah, I just, I just struggle <laughs> as opposed with to it. someone else brewing Grady's for you. I, guess. I don't know. Yeah, I it's just it's yeah, do it yourself or brew it yourself. Right. Or it just uh, it's, it's, it's like a step <laughs> too far. But that doesn't mean that the actual Grady's coffee product is not awesome. So let's get back to this. So is Grady's cold brew. You asked and they delivered. Brew it yourself with Grady's New Orleans-style coarse ground 
coffee blend. Designed to work in any cold or hot coffee maker, one bag makes 24 servings of Grady's Cold Brew exactly the way you want it. Order online and receive 16 ounces of their famous blend of 100% Arabica beans with French chicory in a resealable pouch for long-lasting freshness. Ready to give it a squirrel? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Or if you're really in a rush, you can also order Grady's at Amazon.com for next day delivery. So, uh, uh, great coffee. Uh, you, you know, occasionally B plus in terms of ad copy, <laughs> but uh, we absolutely love. Yeah, we uh, love them anyways. Uh, Grady's cold brew, and it's seriously, it's 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 uh, it it it's like when I when there's not like enough Grady's cold brew either at the this office or at my home. Yeah, it, it, like, it like gets on. It gets on. <laughs> yeah, my totally. Skin. It's I a life. Deal. It's a lifeblood of yeah, the. Yeah, no, it's really good stuff. Place. Everybody should try it. So speaking of candidates who have dropped out, maybe we can talk about Booker for a second and maybe why he hasn't. Well, can, well, can I? Can I yeah, go address ahead. this point we were talking about before? I have a slightly different take on this and and on, on the electability issue. I, I think what you are saying, uh, Kate, is right. But I think there's – I still think there is another electability issue, which is that we have national head-to-head general election polls. We've had them for a long time. We've, I mean, obviously we've had them forever, but I'm talking about in this race, we have pretty dense data going back, uh, you know, eight or 10 months now. Now, when people talk about primary polls, primary polls are all among Democrats. So you can say if, you know, if Joe Biden is ahead, maybe that's because people think he's the strongest candidate and 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 therefore they make him the strongest candidate by supporting him. Okay. That doesn't operate the same way in general election polls because the the variance in general election polls is almost by, is by definition people who are only lightly connected to either the Democratic or the Republican candidate. Now, that's not 100% the case. You can also have, it also figures in uh, enthusiasm among partisans. So, for instance, if if you have a head-to-head Trump versus Sanders poll, you may have some more moderate Democrats saying, oh, I just, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to get there with Sanders. That kind of pulls them down a little. Something similar with Biden. You know, more left Democrats, a little, little under-enthused. Uh, but th- these polls suggest something very consistent over a long period of time, and that is that of the top candidates, Biden consistently is has the best numbers against Trump over a long, long, long period of time. At the beginning, that was maybe like, okay, it's basically name recognition, blah, 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 blah. But everybody knows who Bernie Sanders is. And at this point, pretty much everybody knows who Elizabeth Warren is, even the case of like with, you know, Buttigieg or something like that. So I actually do think there's an, there, is a, there is an electability factor that is – it's not that it's – it's not gospel. I mean, obviously, polls can change. Um but there's there is a metric that is out there that is not just kind of Democrats kind of psyching themselves out about, about you know, kind of like I, I really I would support 
Harris, but I don't think a, an African-American woman can get elected, so I'm going to support Biden or I'm going to, you know, this kind of thing. So I actually think there is an electability thing out there, and I do think that that electability data point does definitely does feed back into, into the primary polls. So I don't think this thing is just about people kind of psyching themselves out. I think there's something else there for better or worse. Now that may suck if if um, if Joe Biden is a slightly better general election candidate again in that just polling sense than Elizabeth Warren or Harris. That that may not be great uh, depending on one's uh, one's perspective. Uh, but I think there's. I think there is a a reality to it that we that um, does figure back into into people's primary. Well, I think those choices. two things are not uh, completely divorced from each other either, because part of the thinking of you know Kamala Harris can't beat Trump stems from the place that most people are too sexist or racist to vote for her, which may well be some of the motivation that's feeding into the I would pick Biden over Trump. But not Kamala Harris over oh, Trump. Oh, absolutely. I guess I guess what I'm saying though is I I think there's a, in a lot of the the present you know discourse dialogue, mm-hmm. people say, well, it's not that. I mean, obviously we can't know why he's a stronger candidate. I mean, certainly you know it's a pretty <laughs> decent argument right. that those two factors play into it. Um, but there's there's a part of the discourse that basically says it's only true. Because you are assuming that a woman can't, and therefore you're picking Biden. So it's, it's so mm. that that it's basically kind of people psyching themselves out. If everybody would just say who they really would support, that it would sort of fade away. I see. Um, and that's what I'm mm. right sort of pushing you. pushing against. Yeah. Um, and and again, obviously we can't really know, but it, but yeah, I mean it's. Well, and I also the other piece that I think is interesting about that poll and Harris's success and it followed by Warren's is, you know, it's this is like a, a debate I've been having with my mom, who's a, you know, an, kind of MSNBC liberal has been for a long time. And her our thing we get into is she's like, this election is too high stakes for a woman to be at the top of the ticket. You know, we can't afford to lose. And I'm always like. Democrats are never going to go into a presidential election and be like, you know what, this one doesn't matter so much, so let's take a chance on a woman. But her big thing is she's like, I think our first female president is going to be a vice president for, you know, bottom of the ticket to a man. And then she, Americans will get comfortable enough seeing a woman in that position and will kind of elect her next time, which, you know, who knows? But it could be people's reaction to that, people being too scared to have a woman at the top of the ticket again, but not you know, being not content with the whole, it's not, it's not time. Like America's not ready. Let's kick this can down the road and like never Mm -hmm. have a woman president. I feel like I've read arguments too in the past. It's been a while, but that some people make the argument that the first woman president would be a Republican instead of a Democrat in that I don't know exactly no, they why. Also, we, 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 I'll tell you, for a long time, that was the first black president was going to be a president. Uh, a Republican? Yeah, a Republican. And obviously that didn't pan out. Right. Um, What's the argument there? Well, that you need to go against, you you you, uh, you need to kind of go against type. That, that to the extent that um, disproportionately the people who are not going to, you know, going to hold back uh, for voting for a, a black president will be people who are either Republicans or kind of, 
you know, sometimes Republicans. And so you need to kind of lock those people down with partisanship. Mm. And then, you know, right. whether this is true, obviously yeah. it didn't end up being true yeah. with, with yeah. Obama. That just seems bonkers um, to me. But. Or like, you know, you could maybe see a Nikki Haley or something like that uh, potentially running for yeah, president you know, on a Republican ticket. The funny, the funny thing is, is that, you know, Hillary Clinton got the most votes, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's, so no, it's, it's true. A, it's, a, it's a funny, you know. We can. There is no way for us to know what happened in 2016 or what will happen in 2020. But it is a funny thing, given that we actually have done this experiment and the woman got most votes. Now, <laughs> like, obviously, that like a couple she's, million. Yeah, it doesn't mean three million. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean she's president, but it kind of like, you know, it's also it, it almost gets down to like, is it time for a woman to win the Electoral College? Totally. Are we that, you know? <laughs> Are we ready for a woman <laughs> yeah. to win Wisconsin and yeah, Pennsylvania? It's a weird... Um, it's a weird debate, and that does get us. I know one of the things we want to talk about today is this blow up I was between, just say, yeah. between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. I mean, it. I was thinking yesterday. Give us just a little bit of backstory, if you, if yeah, you okay. could, on, on so, kind of what so, happened in case so our listeners are. Two or aren't. three days ago, uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign, I don't think this is in any dispute, gave uh, basically talking points or like scripts to its. You know, canvassers, people, I don't know if it's phone canvassers or door to door canvassers. Yeah. You know, here's what you say you go and you're going to sort of make the case for Bernie, and they give you a script, basically, not word for word, maybe whatever. Okay. Part of that script was Elizabeth Warren, she's, she, she's for the elites, the, you know, the kind of, uh, she's the candidate of the elites, the sort of the people who have 10 degrees and make more, you know, make six figures and blah, 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 blah. Okay. This is not really dis- this is not disputed that this happened. Uh, demographically, there's a, a limited truth to that that she does tend to be. Uh, if you look at the different candidates, she does well with uh, people with higher educational attainment. Uh, you know, uh, people who tend to be a little more well off. Obviously, this was seen as a very negative hit. From you know, from the between the two kind of yeah. left left and candidates. the Sanders talking points also said something about how she wouldn't expand the Democratic base, right? That Bernie was the candidate who could kind of attract a wider swath, right? Right, which is always ironic since <laughs> Bernie's not a Democrat, but whatever, right? Okay, so so anyway, this was kind of you know he's going negative. Uh, this happens at this time in a in a okay. So Bernie's going negative, and uh, Warren comes out and basically says. You know, that's pretty disappointing, but I'm not going to go there. I don't go negative. And that has been her kind of thing. You know, and the word she uses that the, it's disappointing that the Sanders campaign would like trash me like that or something, right? Wasn't the word, it was like trashed as a verb was. Okay, kind of, yeah. And didn't they, they made some kind of pact, right? I didn't make that up that they, or was that just some, an informal thing? I don't that they were not going to go negative on each other. Yeah, I can't. I think Maybe it just was, a more friendly understanding. Yeah, than yeah. It. I don't know quite okay. what what we know about, I, and, and I literally like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Um, so in any case, so then it then the, the these reports surfaced yesterday from sources that there was this conversation that the two of them had six months ago. Or it was a like year December ago. 2018. I think. Okay. Right? Yeah. So yeah. a while back, um, in which allegedly. Bernie said, "I don't think a woman can run, uh, can win." Right, and 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 uh, Warren said, "Well, don't I did, a, don't agree I on disagree. that. I yeah. think a woman can uh, win the presidency." Okay, now 
to my eyes, when I saw this, like this doesn't happen by accident. Because again, this is this is allegedly a conversation the two of them had. Now, one would think two witnesses to that conversation, <laughs> right? Okay, presumably Bernie did not leak this, right? Uh, she t- okay, and and just as a reporter, I will tell you, and my colleagues here, I think, will definitely agree. Sources come to you and tell you that first call you make is the Warren campaign. Like, is this true? This happened. The fact that the report got published means that the Warren campaign either said, yep, it happened, or, hey, we're not going to touch that. And <laughs> not going to touch that leads to the story being published. So somehow or another, the... Uh, um, it's not like they said, nope, no, that's yeah, totally... Yeah, uh, somehow or another, this was, this was a, at, at, at a minimum allowed to allowed to surface by the Warren campaign. And then a couple hours later, she puts out, uh, Warren puts out a statement of, you know, uh, an official statement in her own voice that basically says, uh, you know, I don't want to be negative. I want to have blah, 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 and everybody's friends. And uh, I also don't want to talk about private conversations, even that private conversation where Bernie said that a woman can't be president. (laughs) (laughs) And, And to be fair and clear, he didn't. He said, allegedly, that he did not believe that a woman could be elected. Obviously, he's not saying a woman can't be president. Right. Uh, now that is just sort of like that's like 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 just dropping like an atomic bomb on Bernie Sanders in in just the political moment that we are in that is like that's so devastating yeah now he's denying it yeah well, um, he denied it before that right yeah he did yeah he, he, he denied, denied it yeah. in the cnn story which kind of first broke this uh, pretty apparent conversation vociferously, yeah, he right did. like yes. he he called it a lie or yeah. something not you know that was misinterpreted it's out of context like, yeah i don't what did my did, understanding was his denial was fairly strong it was pretty explicit yeah, yeah. okay the, the story's a lie it's hard for me to imagine that just who Elizabeth Warren is, I find it very hard to believe that she would just like, man, fuck, I'm so pissed at Bernie. He he said, that's just, yeah. I have to imagine that if Bernie is not lying, that they get into a, con- I mean, the funny thing is here is that let's assume for the sake of the conversation that Sanders did say this. What is kind of ironic and funny is that he's not that far off from where a lot of left mainstream feminism is, which is to say that patriarchy remains a strong enough force in American society that it's a big factor. And so it's a and yet for a man to say that, especially to a potential female candidate, man, that is just like. Like, take the kryptonite and eat the kryptonite, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it sucks, but it just, uh, kind of going off what you said, it just it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility yeah. to me that he would say that. Not least because, you know, it's not in Sanders' interest to have Elizabeth Warren running at all. Like, they're two, they're occupying the same progressive lane. So, you know, if there's any Machiavellian part of him that's like... Come on, Liz. You know a woman can't get elected. Why put yourself through this? But, yes. that, but that's that's the that that is the thing is that it's one thing if um, I mean it would not be great for him in any context, but at least as we understand this, he's basically 
lobbying her not to run. Right. You know? And lobbying a female candidate Especially not to this run. Was, like, yeah, like a year or this yeah, was a while before. It's when they're both of, yeah, deciding to run, right? Uh, and, and so it's just, I, I, it just. Do you wonder too, I mean, one, something I'm curious about is what were his exact words, right? Was it a little bit more subtle than I just don't think a woman can win? Was it like, oh, you know, I think it's it's going to be unlikely or, you know what I mean? And that kind of gets turned into a I slightly guess, I more... I think the whole thing, like at the, the heart of the issue, Bernie Sanders is running for president again. He's a, a straight white man running for president like he did against Hillary Clinton where he didn't really throw his support behind her in a right. timely way. So I just... That's true. When he, people are like so up in arms about this comment, it's like... His behavior has reflected it. Like, yeah. I don't well, know why it's, it's such it's, a surprise. Not, not just that, but I mean, there is, and again, I'm trying to kind of not get crosswires, crosswise with our, with our, uh, the, the Bernie Sanders supporters among, among our readers, but it has certainly been a huge part of the public discussion about Sanders and especially Sanders supporters that misogyny is a big factor in that whole world. Now, right. again, I'm not saying it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm kind of saying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but again, it's it, it it's not a it's not a matter. I almost knocked over my gritties. <laughs> Things uh, are getting coffee. heated so in here. Every, everybody, 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 kind of like uh, there's a a shudder through the, through the <laughs> studio. Um, Yes, I don't think it's it's not that it's surprising, but in that context, it makes it, pr- I think, pretty devastating. Um, just as a as a yeah. fact point, how is she? I mean, she's going to be asked. They're both going to be asked about this tonight. I mean, I'm not. If you're Sanders, what do you say? You're like, that's you? that's what I'm interested to see because there's no way for him to disown it now without calling her a liar directly. Yeah. Ten which, feet away from which, her. Which just compounds it. Which, uh, yeah, because then you have this narrative together that, you know, Elizabeth Warren was told by a male colleague that she shouldn't seek a higher position, which, by the way, has happened to every woman in every industry since the beginning of time. And then on top of that, him saying she's making it up, an experience which is yeah. Extremely, are you crazy, Liz? Right. <laughs> are you crazy? An extre- like a experience that you, for women here? is like part of your coming of age story. Like a man in every woman's life has told her she can't do X. You know, so it's just I, I can't believe. I just can't believe that he called it a lie. If there is some fact in it. Well, the funny thing is, though, is that he said it was a lie before she was saying it. That's so, right. It was sort but, of sources. Close to Warren or kind of... It but, was that sort of was, these... but that was a pretty bad decision yeah. because if you... It was obvious that that story could only have been written if she and her campaign allowed it to be written, which is to say she was confirming it. Right. So, so her... I, I, frankly, I was – I mean, to me, it had damaged him plenty to see the, the sourced things. I was stunned when she came out and said, yep, he said it. I mean, just because that – I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, they talk about overkill when someone stabs someone like 45 <laughs> times. You know, it's almost like – I mean, like Liz, he's dead. I mean, come on. <laughs> let, let's have some respect well, for and the corpse. And it, but in that same token, even at his most naive, maybe he thought this story would come out. She'd see it and be like, no, I'm not going negative. I wash my hands of this. Like say he assumed that she wouldn't even address it. That just seems like I, I, really was, bad politics to me. Yeah. I I have no explanation. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, I mean, lots of people have had this, have 
many Democrats have had this conversation, had lots of conversations about gender in the presidency and, and, and you know, what role it played in Hillary Clinton's defeat. Um, the, I mean, gender has obviously always been a, a core constituent aspect of politics, but the, the extent to which it is a dividing line now is as much as it has ever been just, and I, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a subjective sense. I mean, just in the sense of, if you look at polls, the, the differential between who men support and who women support is, 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 is bigger than it's ever been. I, I wonder if They just remember the conversation a little differently. And I, I don't know. I have no explanation because it's just sort of like um, th- that is not that is an unwise uh, conversation to have if you are a prospective male candidate and you are talking to a prospective female right. candidate. It's 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 probably a, a conversation to leave to another another setting i mean what are the odds we think this is the very first question tonight oh hi as opposed to i mean hi. unless maybe it's sort of an impeachment thing because they're like they all kind of feel the same about impeachment yeah. though i just think the only viable road for him i can see is to do some kind of a softened mia culpa to do something like i was referring to how hard it is for a woman to get elected right. yeah, totally. or like you know pin it on other people like I, this is a sexist country I, or whatever I, I think it has. That's like I best think, case scenario. Yeah, I think he has to say something like a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Probably not using that word, right? But but maybe something like, you know, I remember we talked about X, and that it was it seemed clear that Hillary. I, it's it's a tough it's yeah. a tough because even if you're like oh you know him. my memory's a little bit foggy on it that's not a great look either because I mean yeah it was a little it was more than a year ago but it doesn't really make you look sharp and I think and kind of I on think it. yeah I think I think Kate's right it has to be some version of we both in good faith must remember this a mm-hmm. little differently and here's what I believe let's move on to like what I believe and I believe and blah oh it's, I totally I see yeah. the soft mea culpa transitioning right into and anyone who thinks that I don't think someone as brilliant as Elizabeth Warren could be president applause line mm-hmm. yeah yeah interesting and, and I don't think I mean it's funny I again I was I was I was surprised to see her make that statement just because I I don't see her as she's definitely a fighter but she's not a not, not a fighter like that that was like again that was just like dropping a bomb on him i mean in, just, if he said that to her then she's probably pissed oh i'm not i'm not saying that i'm not I, I'm not saying she was wrong to do it. I, I'm I'm simply saying it is overt and devastating, yeah. and that is not what I have seen of her style, which mm-hmm. is more, um, you know, not do things in the background in a bad sense, but you know, just just you don't have to say everything quite out loud. It's funny that it's taken this long for it to come out. I guess that we are really close to the Iowa caucuses and a lot of people in Iowa apparently decide pretty late in the process well, who they're going to go for. It's and, also the first the, time Bernie went negative on her. Yeah. So she might've been saving it in a back pocket. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it seems like, 
in this case, there was like a document. So not like just vague, like, oh, kind of his supporters are saying stuff. This was, I, I don't think it's the first time he's gone, he's gone negative. He, in the sense of his campaign. And look, let's be honest, campaigns are big organizations. Um, it, just because his campaign put out a script, I mean, I think, I would think it's, it's, um, there's no reason to think that he even saw that script. But obviously there's, you know, candidates responsible. You kind of set a tone and all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty bad for him. Um, I don't know what else quite to say. <laughs> yeah. um, anything else we're looking out for tonight in the debate? I guess if you're Biden, you're pretty stoked that uh, they're just kind of fighting it out. And Could not have written himself a better news cycle. Yeah. Fight well, between those two. Wasn't there something else that ha- there's something else that happened? Um, oh, well, there was also that that poll. I think it was the posted a national poll of African-American voters um, and not surprising if you've been look if you've been if you've been following the polls and demographics of this race that it was something like you know 50% support for Biden and then everybody else and you know just and and um you know this has been discussed a lot it is uh it is it is disproportionately older african americans i think maybe over i don't know if it's over 35 or over 40 um i think sanders may be ahead among african american voters in the, in the younger yeah years, like maybe yeah. under 30 or yeah, something I like think that voters but, under 30 he seems to dominate kind of across and specifically, right. yeah, voters of color under 30 or black voters under 30, but right. they also make up something like 20% of the electorate. Like it's some, it's I overwhelmingly like, like smaller. I mean, yeah. If you, if you, especially when you, when you factor in turnout, right. that's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, and, and probably even more with, um, probably even more in, 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 in primaries. Right. I mean, it is this, it is this, <laughs> it's one of the very interesting and, um, sort of, you know, the electoral gods being mischievous in a way that so much of the dialogue of this campaign is, you know, Biden invented mass incarceration and Biden was big buds with these old segregationists and Biden this, Biden that. And yet the reason that he is the front runner is because of African-American voters who overwhelmingly support him. And, and it's, it's, not for me to explain why that is, but it is, and and that is just one of the like the ironies of this uh, of this race. In any case, that was another thing that yeah. I think was a, a you know kind of a good news cycle uh, for him mm-hmm. yeah. um, having that having that fact uh, put out there. And last know. in the last debate, Buttigieg was still in the midst of this kind of boomlet in Iowa, right? So he was this the target of more right. attacks and. It's still pretty much a toss-up in Iowa, right? I mean, so I assume he'll kind of be on the defensive to some extent. It sort of feels like everyone's really trying to, it's kind of the last chance to really, I don't know, make yourself stand out before the votes are actually starting to be cast. Yeah, I don't know if this is my impression or if this is a fair one, but it feels to me that Buttigieg has kind of fallen out of headlines at the very least since then. You know, he was kind of... you know, to my memory, it was kind of like, oh, he's the Iowa wonderkind, but is polling at like zero percent outside, you right. know, in, in yeah. other early voting states, you know. But even since then, his 
Iowa dominance seems to have shrunk. It's weird. I don't. I don't have the the actual polls in front of me, but my perception is that in in the last say two or three weeks, there's been a series of Iowa polls, and they've all had different front runners, mm-hmm. and they're kind of. I, I guess probably the 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 takeaway from all of them together is that you've got three or four people clustered at the top in the in somewhere in the sort of the mid high teens very low 20s and especially when you figure in how the caucuses work that it's not necessarily your first choice it's sort of like a you know um peer pressure ranked choice voting sort yeah because it's sort of all like, it's all weirdly in public right you could yeah i could be sitting next to my boss josh here and <laughs> josh gets up for one guy and i you know it's kind of creates an awkward well, the, situation i mean first thing is there shouldn't be caucuses let's I'll, let me just put that out there to start with but in reaction to that advocacy that belief which is righteous and everybody should <laughs> should hold that view what they've done this what the, what I, I i believe they've done this time is they are going to poll everybody at the beginning so you come in who's your first choice okay put that down then i think you sort of get together and and group and then there's that next one and then you kind of do the caucusing and there's you know kind of if you don't get if if someone if steyer doesn't have you know 10 people at this then he then everybody's got to re you know re re group and everything. But I think what I heard is that this time they're going to collect and and publicize each of those things. So there won't even necessarily be like a winner in the old sense, because certainly if I was the candidate and I won the sort of the everybody's, for, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what you said coming in, I'd say, dude, I'm the winner, man. Like, I don't care what, when everybody like, you know, made everybody feel bad and everything <laughs> and talk for a while. Right. So it's... It, it it's gonna it's gonna be very muddled. I think there was to to Kate's point. I think there was a there was a thing maybe a couple weeks ago where Buttigieg seemed like he might win Iowa and New Hampshire, mm. and then there was a sense of like, well, you know, yes, he's 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 nowhere, you know, in in the rest of the country. But you went to Iowa and New Hampshire, that can change really fast. Mm-hmm. And then everybody kind of like, you know, was thinking, but now that doesn't seem like, yeah. I mean, what seems at least possible now is that Biden could win one or both of those. He'll win decisively in South Carolina. He'll probably win Nevada. So sort of like if he wins- And then both, it's on to Super Tuesday after well, that, basically, right? Yeah. And, and, and like, he's the only one who I think can can- you know, he can lose both and, and, and still come back with strong showings in those other in those other places. I mean, you've got this, you know, ridiculous thing that that the party that is overwhelmingly the party of people of color throughout the country overwhelmingly, you know, defines its race by these two states where like there are no black people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just, which is just I mean, again, I know I'm not saying there are literally no black people, but both of those states, I think, are. Um, the white population is well into the mid nineties or something yeah. like that. So, and just small populations in general, really. I mean, when you, you know, compared to some of the other states. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. But uh, before we do, let's take a quick break. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, well, we can end on impeachment today. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi huddled with Democrats this morning. She put out an official statement after that saying that tomorrow there will be a resolution on the House managers. The articles of impeachment will be sent over to the Senate. And it seems like things are going to get started in a real way soon. Um, I think tomorrow, like I said, tomorrow, I think, is the is the vote to kind of officially kick things off. We've got Martin Luther King Day on Monday. So it seems like probably things won't start in earnest until maybe middle of next week or maybe later next week. Because I think there's a bit of housekeeping to be done kind of in the interim but um how do you guys feel about that it's actually happening Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i guess i feel like the whole witness thing has at least i don't want to sound cynical about this but has at least added a degree of interest to the proceedings Mm -hmm. like at least there's an opportunity for you know republicans to stake an independent stand if they want to hear witnesses. I mean, that's a vote that at least we'll watch yeah. pretty eagerly. And it seems like even the White House this morning, we had a post that kind of was trying to read between the lines a little bit. Hogan Gidley, one of the deputy White House mm-hmm. press secretaries, was saying, yeah, Trump wants a fight, you know, and this comes after Trump basically has been saying, oh, let's just dismiss the articles of impeachment <laughs> sure, outright. Yeah. But, like um, Trump also wanted to be impeached, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, it sounds like they're kind of opening the door to witnesses, too. I mean, it's really up to Mitch McConnell. And right. Mitch McConnell who might. Doesn't want yeah, who doesn't want them. And Trump is clearly just following McConnell's lead right. on that. But, I mean, it does seem like there's a, I don't know, is it, would you put it a 50 50 chance? Maybe we'll get some witnesses in the trial. I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know because. I, in our in our Slack chat, our you know kind of a staff chat that we have um, in 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 the office, it seemed like we were trying to get a sense, and I was trying to get a sense of this last night. Like the White House has made these statements, kind of you know, sort of making it sound like okay, yeah, maybe there'll be witnesses. Like, are they kind of thinking like okay, they're going to be witnesses, so let's make it like oh, we you know, you know, I broke up with you, you didn't break up with me, <laughs> kind of thing. Like trying to make it like they're not being rolled or something like that. Yeah. It's a little hard. I mean, there has been this, you know, this talk with like Susan Collins and blah, 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 blah. blah. I mean, there seems like there's movement in that direction, but man, I'm still really skeptical. I know. Just because, I mean, not least, um, here's the thing. It's not just that Trump doesn't want it. Having, I mean... I mean, yeah, maybe you have like Fiona Hill again, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like Mick Mulvaney, Mm -hmm. John Bolton. Um, Whatever you want to say about these people, I don't think they're going to lie under oath in a in a Senate trial. That's I certainly don't think John Bolton's going to be. I don't think I I think that's a little too. I think that's a little too much for people, and 
I think witnesses could be really bad for Trump. I'm not saying he gets convicted, but I think it could be really bad. And and um, so, like, if you're Republicans, why do you want that? Like, why do you want that? And by why all do you counts, want any chance of that? And by all accounts, McConnell wants this over pretty quickly, right? I mean, we're not talking about an immediate dismissal, but I think we've talked on this podcast maybe a couple weeks, right? I mean, there's some, is it 24, 36 hours? There's some kind of set length of time for each side to make their case, right? Or to make their arguments. And that kind of will take up X number of days. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, yeah. we're not talking about a super long time, but probably a couple weeks, I guess three weeks. just the way it looks to me now is that there are not a whole lot of good options for Republicans because either you block the witnesses and then you are handwriting all these ads for Democrats saying, oh, you were so like, clearly you're pretty convinced of his guilt if you won't let there be a proper trial. Right. And then they allow witnesses. And I'm, you know, I'm with you, Josh. I don't think there's any way that someone like John Bolton will get up there and will just lie for the president. I just don't see it happening, which means that you hear that kind of damning testimony, even if the Republicans do hijinks like call Hunter Biden or nonsense like that. And then, you know, you have I just I don't see any way that Republicans actually vote to convict. Like, I I don't even think we'll see like any individuals break off on that, much less meet that sky high threshold. So it's just kind of like, you either don't allow witnesses and you're pretty complicit with it being a sham trial, or you allow witnesses all this damning information, then you're like, but he's fine. You know, he's not guilty though. Yeah, I I just, I, first of all, 100% agree. I think it is extraordinarily unlikely that any Republican votes to convict, let alone, what is it you need, like 17 or, I mean, it's yeah. preposterous, totally preposterous. But that doesn't mean you can't, get damaged a lot by by these these witnesses and frankly not even i think there's also not a lot of appetite for republicans for like bringing in like hunter i mean just on the merits it's ridiculous whatever you think of hunter biden and you know nepotism or kind of trading on his he's not relevant to what's being discussed here he's just i mean in any trial setting, it would just be ruled out because it's just not relevant. Just right. nothing to do with anything. Um, I I have a very hard time imagining they will let there be witnesses because it, it will just be bad for them. It will it will be really bad and not really bad and really bad because they still have to acquit him. Right. Because they still have to vote with him, and it'll just make it harder, and and draw uh, it out too, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, you know, to what you were saying about two weeks, my recollection is the Clinton trial lasted a couple weeks, and there were witnesses. Everything had mm-hmm. been videotaped; it was right. a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, I th- I think what they want is whoever it is, you know, Adam Schiff or whoever. I guess spends a day walking walking everybody through it. Mm-hmm. That Cipollone guy gets up, says it. And then Mitch McConnell comes in and said, okay, guess we've heard enough. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And maybe that's a week or something like right. that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I... Especially because I mean, it's a six-day trial, right? It's Monday through Saturday. So it's even, you know, there's more time in the week to kind of get yeah. down to business, well, I guess. And this, yeah. I think, herein lies the, the great political genius of Nancy Pelosi. Because if she didn't hold on to those 
articles, I'm telling you, this witness thing would not even be a big story. And most Americans, understandably, do not know the nuts and bolts of an impeachment trial. So it just would have been like a procedural decision McConnell's making would not get on most people's radars. And like Tierney and I kind of disagreed with this about this on the inside briefing because um, I think her position was that Pelosi came out too strong at the beginning, kind of looking for concessions from McConnell that she never got. But I just really feel like that delay made this witness thing the big story and put an awful lot of Senate Republicans in a pretty precarious place going into this. I think this is going to be hard to package as a win for them. I totally agree. I don't think there is any I I with all respect to our colleague Tierney, I I, I don't think that's right. I, I think that I don't think they ever had the sense that McConnell was gonna fold. It was just clear, and I think she has been vindicated in this, that every day you're talking about witnesses is a bad day for Senate Republicans. And whether you actually get them to fold is sort of is not the point. I mean, maybe they could have. Maybe they still will. Who knows? But I completely agree with you, Kate. It, it's, it's just every day has been a plus for Democrats because you're almost having like, you know, an impeachment trial of the mind. For a month before the actual one gets started, you know, thinking through like, are you really going to acquit him? Are you really going to kind of shut this down and not agree to have any witnesses? Is just it it it, and it was even, it was made perfectly clear by who was yelling about it. Trump getting on Twitter every single day. He's so mad not having a trial. McConnell, everybody, you know, the the, the various you know kind of alt right trolls who yell about things. They were clearly all really, really pissed. So that means it was the right, right. decision. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, all right. Lots coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And remember, uh, Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee, which is which is completely awesome. And if you want to give it a try, you can get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Or, or you can join the Amazon uh, Borg Hive by ordering <laughs> from Amazon.com for next day delivery. Sounds good. All right. See you next week. Later, folks.